It may be cold in the so-called crypto winter, but projects are still launching. Could Web3 hold the answer to creating new revenue streams in these tough times? How one former NFL quarterback is applying NFTs to transform how college athletes can achieve both on the field and off. We were able to put $305,000 into our player partners' pockets. Each kid got right around 28 k So for them, it was a great NI opportunity. Uh, And for the fans, they've been really loving the interaction they get with these student-athletes. And what one longtime crypto influencer thinks is the right investment strategy to wade through the choppy crypto waters. Coming up on Word on the Block, Ben Armstrong, a.k.a. BitBoy, and Aaron Murray, former NFL quarterback, join in to dive deep into those topics and a whole lot more. Well, the chill in the air has led to many taking a second look at their investments in the crypto sector. But those who are building are working on Web3 that could one day transform how you live your life, create new earning opportunities, and help one connect with others in a way that was never possible before. In fact, it's all happening right now. Welcome to Word on the Block, the series that takes a deeper dive into blockchain and all the emerging technologies that shape our world at the intersection of business, politics, and economy. It's what we cover right here on Forecast News. I'm Editor-in-Chief Angie Lau. Today, we are in conversation with two very interesting gentlemen who are looking to change things for many athletes. We've got former NFL quarterback Aaron Murray and crypto influencer and investor Ben Armstrong, more popularly known as BitBoy, and how they really view the future of Web3, the metaverse, and so much more. Guys, thanks for joining us right now. Thanks for having us on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having us. All right, Aaron, I got to start with you. You know, I I see from your jersey right now, uh, you know, University of Georgia, you're an NFL quarterback back in the day. You're now in sports broadcasting. You've, you've got a lot. You're, you're almost a renaissance man. But when did you start dabbling in the crypto markets, in NFTs? What, what triggered it for you? Uh, I would say last October, one of my uh, good friends, Ty Fricks, who's one of my roommates back in the day at the University of Georgia, one of the smartest guys I know, uh, came to me with this idea. He actually had been mining Ethereum in his basement and we talked about it. And he said, I want to find a way for fans of the University of Georgia, which is a very passionate fan base, uh, to, to be able to interact with the student athletes. And there was a new law, law passed last summer, uh, name, image, likeness where players now at the collegiate level can make money off their names. Um, they can go out there and, and, you know, local mom and pop shop, restaurant, car dealerships, Nike, Under Armour, all that good stuff. They can finally make some money instead of having to wait to get to the professionals to, to be able to do that. So, you know, like, hey, let's get the kids paid because it's a big deal. And we're seeing kids transfer and go to certain schools because, hey, I can go here and make money and win a championship. That's a no brainer. So let's keep our kids at Georgia. Let's find a way to connect with the fans uh, because we felt like a lot of the relationships that we were able to foster when we were at the University of Georgia were some of the ones that we leaned on when we decided to move on from, from, from the game of football. So uh, we're like, yeah, let's do it. And then, you know, kind of the way and the access into this community would obviously be buying one of our NFTs. So uh, we started the project. Uh, we put the team together, you know, somewhere in the middle of November. We signed up 11 of the top student athletes at the University of Georgia in December. 
A month later, we launched. Uh, we sold 4,500 of these digital assets in about three, three and a half hours. Uh, we were able to put $305,000 into our player partners' pockets. Each kid got right around 28K. Uh, so for them, it was a great NIL opportunity. Uh, and for the fans, they've been really loving the interaction they get with these student athletes. It's not just, hey, I get to watch you on TV or I get to watch you as a fan in the stands. I get to jump on Discord. I get to go to a golf tournament. I get to go to a tailgate. I get to do a beer pong tournament for some of these fraternity guys we've done and really get to know these kids behind the face mask and uh, and really build, I think, a, a very special community. And how meaningful is $28,000 to a student, especially, you know, as, as the laws have changed it has commercialized it, you know, some say good, some say bad, but for the student, I mean, what, for, for even yourself, what would have $28,000 meant for you as a student? What, what does it mean for the kids? Oh man, I, I would have loved to have $28,000. You know, I was a fortunate enough to be a starting quarterback at UGA for four years and maybe had 400, 500 bucks in my pocket. You know, luckily my parents were able to, uh, you know, give me a little credit card if I needed to take the big offense lineman out to dinner you know, was on them and that was great. But a lot of guys obviously don't come from that background. You know, they, they don't have the ability to you know go buy some new clothes, be able to send some money home to mom and dad. So for a lot of these guys to be able to have that money, to be able to treat themselves, to be able to give back to mom and dad. Uh, I had two of my teammates in college, AJ Green and Todd Gurley, sold their jerseys, sold one of their jerseys to make some money to send home to mom and dad. They ended up getting suspended for four games. Uh, which is just crazy to me to to be able to to lose part of your season so you can make some money because you don't have that opportunity as a collegiate athlete. So I think it is absolutely tremendous that these kids now have that opportunity to go out there and make some money. But you know, we always hit on and 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 we tell the kids the importance of the community aspect of really leaning on and really taking the time to know the people in our community because you never know when that day is going to come where it's your last snap. Uh, it may be in college, it may be one year in the NFL, maybe five years in the NFL, it may be 10 years if you're lucky. But at some point, you're going to have to stop playing sports and you're going to have to get into the real world. And those relationships that you can build today can help you get a job, get a house, whatever you need to do. So um, they, they've really taken advantage of it. It's been really fun to see. And and support yourself. I mean, Ben, you've been in this space for a while and in you know, as as we've covered this space, one of the most intriguing things is really how the application of this technology can really expand and transform relationships. It can transform business logic. Why are you getting involved? Why are you supporting this? Um, and what do you see about this project that uniquely uh, interests you? Yeah, well, I'm I'm a Georgia fan, <laughs> so that's how that's how it all started. Um, so a friend of mine had sent me uh, a tweet that he saw about um, you know Aaron get involved in the players' lounge, and I thought it was perfect. We're we're an Atlanta company, so we're we're local, and um, I've always you know. If you live in Georgia, you grow up a Georgia Bulldogs fan. It's just what you do. So um, that's that's definitely what got me interested at first. But, you know, what I really loved, what we really connected with was when the Players' Lounge came up to my studio, we did a little show with them. Um, and we, we kind of helped promote it, but, you know, completely unpaid. It wasn't sponsored or anything. We just loved the idea of it. But the thing that really connected us to it was the fact that they're giving 50% of all the profits to the players. And that is what we want to see. We need to see these paradigms change. To where I noticed that you said like the commercialization of college sports. Well, 
commercialization of college sports was already there. It was just a few people at the top that were getting all the money. And that's a broken system that always leads to, to upside down economics. So for us to be able to get behind, uh, you know, a, a platform uh, and a voice like the Players Lounge that is helping out the players, that's what we want to see. And we're always constantly having conversations about, you know, how can we make it where it's not just the top players who are getting the money? Like we want to see every player that goes through those doors, you know, eventually figure out a way that they can make money and earn because, you know, their, their choices outside of sports are extremely limited when it comes to them making money. You know, college itself is a full-time job. And I think that's why a lot of people struggle when they go to college from high school is because they don't realize college is a lot more like work than it is like school. That's why people that are older go back, they crush it. Well, Add college sports on top of the work you're already having to do for college. And it's really insane when you think about all that's expected of these athletes. And for them not to be able to earn off of their name, image, and likeness, it was really just a crime. And we're glad that that's over. Uh, and that's why, you know, we partnered with the Players Lounge to, to, to push this because we really believe in the future of the athlete. Uh, and, you know, some people are upset about the way that, you know, a lot of college athletes are transferring and the way the transfer portal works and stuff like this. This is the way that it should be. People should be, if coaches are able to make money and move to colleges and promise kids that, you know, if you come to this college, you're going to do great. And then the next year they leave, then it's not really fair to the players. The players should have the uh, ability to move independently as well. And I, I want to touch on one other thing that you said that's very important, which is, you know, this is the application of the technology. You know, when I had this epiphany, I, I got into crypto back uh, about 10 years ago, uh, but it really was about five years ago that I had this epiphany of where blockchain technology was going and how exciting everything was. And, you know, the epiphany was, you know, in the future, we're not going to be trading, you know, pieces of paper for money. Like, there's no way that's going to be happening. It's all going to be digital. Everything is going to be digital. And, you know, when, when we talked like years and years ago on this channel, when I first started about what the future of crypto looks like, you know, people really had a hard time grasping tangibly what it will look like. Well, we're seeing it now. We're seeing the way that NFTs and the Ethereum blockchain and the, and the Flow blockchain and other blockchains are able to work with these NFTs to give people ownership of, this is the way that these players get ownership of their likeness. And it really is phenomenal to watch everything develop. And I know right now, like, you know, prices are down and we expected that. But, but the fact is, you know, it's really during these times uh, when the prices are down, when the people that are really for the space and are really for helping people really come out and they really shine and they really build. And that's what we're doing. That's what the Players Lounge is building. I'm really excited to see what's going to happen, you know, not just in the next year or two with Web3 and with the Players Lounge, but if you fast forward four or five years when prices go back up, you know, to really see the prospects of really how much money these college athletes can make, it's really unbelievable. All right. Financial literacy, guys. Uh, you know, we're talking about Let's say it's $28,000 today, Aaron, as you said. Tomorrow it could be 40, 50, 100. Certainly not in this current environment. A lot of people thought this would go all the way up and didn't prepare as been, uh, as you said, for current market conditions. There's always going to be cycles, and this hit a lot of people hard. Uh, a lot of people didn't see the Terra Luna collapse. A lot of people lost uh, a lot of wealth destruction there, uh, and, then, and then what we're seeing in current day. How do you think about that as you really unveil a new avenue of, of value, of dollars, of revenue for the athletes, and then how they're supposed to navigate um, right now? What's, what's the advice that, that you're both uh, giving to these young athletes and, and you know, uh, uh, young retail investors? Well, we're making sure that our athletes know to to 
to be safe with their money. Um, and, and we're trying to, as much as we can to educate them about one, first off, just because I give you a check for $28,000 doesn't mean you have $28,000. You need to be able to pay taxes on that. So don't be going to buy, you know, a brand new car or whatever it is you're also going to buy. So, you know, a lot of these guys now are getting more and more savvy. And I think that's why a lot of people, you know, see the benefit of NIL. These guys now at 18 to 22 year old are getting some money. They are getting some educational help, whether it's from the university, whether it's from personal financial advisors that a lot of these guys that we reach out to already have. I would say more than half the guys that we've talked to that we've brought on board from Georgia to LSU to Texas to Oklahoma, Alabama and Auburn, um, they have some sort of financial uh, team that assists them with, okay, I got this money. What do I do with it? Where do I put it? The universities now have classes where they're going in there and teaching these kids what to do with their money, how to spend responsibility, how to save, how to prepare for taxes. So there's a lot of resources now being dumped on these kids. You're still going to get those who don't pay attention. Uh, I mean, I was in the NFL for a few years and the amount of teammates that I had that were getting anywhere from half a million to a million plus dollars a year that would spend that in one off season and hope that they make the team the next year so they can get that money again was absolutely astonishing to me. Uh, you hear the horror stories over and over again. So the more that we can teach these young men and women, you know, from ages of 18 to 22, what it's like to have money, to save money, to invest it smartly, uh, I think it's going to be the goal, not only for us as a company, but for a lot of these universities. We're selling an experience. We're selling utility. Um, and I think that's our biggest pitch, especially to sports fans who really aren't as savvy or educated when it comes to what cryptocurrency and what NFTs are. You know, they, they kind of look at it from the outside in saying, oh, my gosh, we're scared. We're nervous. We're seeing what's going on and kind of how we ease their concerns is, hey, hey, one, this is an opportunity for you to support your team. This is an opportunity for you to support your players to make sure they stay at your university and a way for you to get to know them through events. Um, you know, like I said earlier, we're doing tailgates and parties and discord chats and uh, a lot of fun ways for our players to video game tournaments to interact with these fans. So, you know, we feel like we've priced these NFTs at a reasonable price uh, where these fans get that access that, that they deserve and these players get that ability to go out there and build their brand. Yeah, it's it's hard to criticize the technology itself, what you've created, what the technology has allowed you to do is create a mini economy. You are the masters of your own supply and demand. It's the fans that that want uh, the you know are demanding more access, and it's it's the the athletes themselves through this you know through this platform that are enabled to to provide some of some of those experiences. Um, ben, how you know how are you being strategic with this project? What are what's some of the advice that you're you're giving players lounge in in projects like this amidst? Uh, the current bear market that we're not only seeing in crypto, crypto winter, but, you know, the overall macroeconomic environment. Yeah, well, the, the way you have to advertise this is different <laughs> than it was, you know, maybe a year ago uh, where NFTs were the buzzword and all you had to say was NFTs and people would jump in. And, and this is why I go back to what I said a few minutes ago about building in the bear market is so important because, Everything is so easy in a bull market. You know, you just throw paper at the wall and it sticks. But when it comes to the bear market, when the attention is down and the fear is out there, 
this is where real true use case and utility comes through and shines. And you got to go back to the drawing board and you have to say like, okay, well, NFT by itself is not enough. And, you know, it's not that we weren't with the Players Lounge. We weren't doing the Discord and we weren't doing the access we were. But yet now we're having to really drill down and find out more ways to add utility, more ways we can make the NFTs themselves maybe gamified uh, to add like an extra level uh, of use and, and interest there. And and I think really like one one cool thing about this is, you know, you were talking about the access and we go to Web 2, like people, what is Web 2? What is Web 3? What was Web 1? You know, Web 1 was basically AOL, right? That was Web 1. Web 2, social media driven. Um, you know, your Google blows up, your Amazon blows up, retail shopping moves to online. Uh, but your Web3 is really more peer-to-peer. It's more personalized. And this is where we got to go to work on the access because the, the mystery and the, and the shroud around celebrity and, and athlete has kind of been lifted a little bit. And, and what I mean by that is when you go and you look at uh, it, TikTok, for instance, you see all of these TikTok influencers that just blow up overnight. And you realize, like, these are just regular people. Like, this is just somebody who the other day was just, you know, shopping at Target. And then today she's got a million followers and her entire life has changed. And you see the way that social media has constantly changed the definition of what is famous. What, what is it to be a celebrity? What is it to be, um, you know, a, a person that, that's highly sought after? And what Web3 is really doing is it's really taking down a lot of those barriers and borders that separate kind of, you know, people that are popular from people that aren't. And it just make people more humanized, I guess, if you will, in a sense. And I think with with the players' lounge and the access that we provide, people are able to go have real conversations with athletes, with people they look up to, with some of these people that will be the highest level NFL draft picks in the future. People that will have these gigantic, you know, multi million, mega dollar, uh, you know, contracts, and you're able to converse with them. You're able to ask them questions, and they don't mind. Because we're all just regular people. I think that's really something that Web3 is going to drive home is that it's no longer the idea of, you know, you go watch somebody in a movie theater for two hours and you feel like you know them. That's really not the case anymore. So the use case is actually driven by the players themselves. And so, um, you know, really looking forward to see this de- develop, you know, in the, through this bear market we're in. It's probably going to be a while. We're going to be able to go through an entire year of college athletics in this bear market. And, and to make it through this and to be able to sell NFTs during this environment, it really shows the use case of this. And we're so happy to be partnered with the Players Lounge. And, and we work with them every single day on this and uh, looking forward to what this is going to turn into. I mean, one of the, the most important things in our view at Forecast is really it's about the fundamentals, right? And and what we're seeing, the bear market, the crypto winter, uh, you know, th- the situation that we're seeing now is really removing that layer of speculation uh, from the industry. Um, ben, I got to ask you, you know, you, you started in crypto in 2012. We all know, we all know your bio. Okay. But the thing is, you know, this generation, the, you know, the young athletes that, that, you know, Aaron talks about in mentors, um, you know, this, this is really unfamiliar landscape. How are you advising what, what's the, What's the perception that you have about where we are today and what should retail investors of any age, of any generation, anticipate uh, in the coming months or year? Well, when it comes to traditional markets, when it comes to uh, the real estate market, equities markets, treasury market, uh, you know, the bond markets, things like that, I'm not an expert on those things. But I can't really speak about cycles in that way. But I can speak about Bitcoin cycles because I know Bitcoin cycles. And regardless of what's going on in the macroeconomic 
you know, environment out there. We expected this pullback for crypto, and it's based on the four-year Bitcoin halving cycle, where the amount of Bitcoin being produced, brought into the supply, is cut in half every four years. We've seen the same reaction every time. Once it happens, price goes up drastically, then the price falls drastically, then it builds up slowly for a couple of years. And so really what we try to do with the people that watch our channel is we really try to go over you know, our investment philosophies with them. And if you can just nail these investment philosophies, then you're going to make better decisions. Um, you know, you got to develop a long-term mindset. That's first and foremost. You have to understand market patterns uh, and market conditions and market environments. You have to build a balanced portfolio. You've got to pick some some area, whether it's NFTs or whether it's mining or whether it's trading. And you got to become an expert. Just become an expert in one niche in crypto, and you're going to do very well. And then, of course, lastly, uh, you know, you got to navigate crypto safely because there are scams out there. Most people are going to come into a market at the wrong time. Like that's a fundamental truth in markets. And the reason is because that's when the excitement is the highest. When the excitement is the highest, that's when people come in. When the when the legs get knocked out from under them, the, the, the rug gets pulled out from under them with the price and the speculation, you have a decision. Are you going to stay in this? Did you just get in this because you wanted money overnight? Or are you going to stay in this because you believe in bigger ideals or you believe in a longer term mindset for, you know, creating wealth for yourself? And, uh, you know, when when you understand that and you go in with that knowledge and, and we can't promise you every single four years is going to do the exact same thing. But so far it has. So it's been a pretty good, you know, fundamental basis level to make decisions off of. Uh, but, you know, if you look 10 years down the road and you don't look one year down the road or you don't look one month down the road, I tell people all the time, it, it took me nine years to become a millionaire in crypto. Nine years. People think it was overnight. It was easy. It wasn't. I had a lot of bad decisions that I made early on, uh, you know, that led me, you know, not to be where I should have been. If I did it right and I really understood what I was doing, I could have been in, in probably two or three years at the most. But, you know, you got to have that longer term mindset. And that's really what separates the winners from the losers in crypto. And, um, you know, when, when the people come in, the excitement comes in. You know, that's when you got to start warning people, hey, guys, it's not going to go up forever. And that's something, you know, the, the, the stock market uh, forecasters out there did a terrible job of it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's how to take away that internal emotion. Is now the time to build? Are you nervous? You just started in crypto. All of a sudden, here we are. What's your experience so far? And how do you see the future? You know, to us, we feel very passionate about our product because of the, the players that we have. We have some of the, right now, we have right around 250 of the top student athletes around the country signed up to our platform. Uh, we're not just a company that came out there just trying to make a quick buck. We really are trying to invest in our athletes. We're really trying to help them build their brand. Um, you know, a couple weekends ago, for example, uh, one of our running backs at the University of Georgia came up to us and said, hey, I love cars. I love racing. Can we do a spinoff NFT um, where I get a chance to maybe go out there and, and, and show who I am outside of football? This was Kendall Milton, the star running back. We're like, sure. We went out there and got a BMW um sponsorship. Uh, we minted five uh, NFTs with Kendall uh, sponsored by BMW. If you're one of the five people to buy one of those NFTs, you got to go on a BMW experience with Kendall Milton, drive around race cars all day long at their racetrack there in South Carolina. So these are the experiences that we're able to create because of the players that we're partnering with. So, you know, we feel like as a brand right now, we're going to continue to bring in top tier athletes week after week after week. Uh, new teams um, and build a lot of excitement around some of the best fan bases across the country. So, you know, we feel like our project has kind of set us up to be successful long term. 
A lot of conviction in your specific space. Ben, I got to ask you about a broader market. Celsius recently froze user withdrawals, as you know. You threatened a class action lawsuit. What's the latest there? Yeah, so basically what we've discovered is, uh, you know, class action is not going to be the route uh, against Celsius. I've been in uh, talks with my lawyers. Uh, we are, we are, at, there is an action coming uh, on our behalf, uh, along with uh, some other investors. Uh, so we're right now trying to compile uh, a, a list of uh, some other plaintiffs uh, that have seven figures or more locked up uh, in Celsius. And so they will be receiving some stuff from us uh, probably pretty soon, but we're dead set on this and we are uh, moving forward definitely as aggressively as we can. Uh, and as soon as we, we get this rolling, um, I've also been in talks with uh, uh, attorneys about helping the people that have lower amounts on Celsius, uh, you know, ranging anywhere from a few thousand dollars to you know uh, six figures. And so I'm at that point. Um, once once I get this side straightened out, what I'm doing going to be helping uh, those lawyers recruit people to uh, you know do some other actions that can help them as well. So we're I mean we're not going to stand by and let this happen in crypto. If you look at what happened with Terra Luna. It, in some ways, it's a different situation because you really got one guy behind the whole thing, and it's not, you know, they're, they're not, cust you know, custody custodying your assets. Uh, Celsius has a much much higher uh, level of responsibility in this, as uh, you know, they were custodying our assets, and uh, you know, it's something that I trusted fully. A lot of other people trusted fully, and the question is now, you know, can you really trust any third party staking platform? Within Chaos Comes Opportunity, guys, Tim Draper, he's doubling down. Uh, Aaron, some would say that you're still building amidst all of this chaos. What are the opportunities that you're seeing? What, where do you see the future lie? We're really excited. You know, we feel like especially in, in, in this space, in the sports world, it's still very young. Uh, it's very early. So for us, it's, it's a lot of education. You just got to educate, educate, educate. Uh, and make sure that we get home just our overall message. You know, we are a company that is backed by blockchain technology, but we are also a company that is for the players and that's not going anywhere. Fans are going to want to support the players. Fans are going to want to get to know the players. Fans are going to want to go to uh, events to interact with some of the people they watch on TV uh, or go to the stadiums to watch. Like that's not going anywhere. So the more we're able to get the message out there that that's the company that we are, we're just backed by the blockchain technology. I think people are like, okay, that's fine. We're not worried too much about that. As long as we get this access, as long as we get this utility, we're all for what you guys are doing there at the Players Lounge. So like I said, we're, we're excited. We have you know tons of great players, tons of great ambassadors. You know, Working with Ben has been absolutely tremendous. Um, so we're, we're, we're excited for the future and what we can build. Aaron Murray, Ben Armstrong, it was great to have you on the show. Uh, go Bulldogs. And uh, we're going to see where this future takes us. Uh, thanks for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thanks for having us. Thank you. And thank you, everyone, for joining us on this latest episode of Word on the Block. I'm Angie Lau, Forecast Editor-in-Chief. Until the next time.